Hello, crime lovers, and welcome to Crime on Tap. I'm Megan, joined by my co-host, Sean. And welcome to our true crime podcast. Join us weekly as we drink our favorite cocktails and discuss gruesome murders, kidnappings, conspiracies, and more. Share the podcast with your friends, family, and heck, your grandma. Leave a review and make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Crime on Tap Pod. Tune in for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Whether you're driving to work or doing laundry, Crime on Tap will be sure to fulfill your true crime fix each week. And now, buckle up for this week's episode. Listen and enjoy. Alrighty, Megan, we are back. What is what does Brittany say? Besides this Brittany bitch. Uh... <laughs> I thought she said like it's I'm back, it's Brittany or something. I guess oh, not. in the beginning of Gimme More, the song Gimme More, she has like a little talking part and I think it's like it's like I'm back. I only know the talking part in Lucky. Oh. <laughs> which is the greatest song written by Britney Spears. Well, I feel like it really shows like how she was suffering. I love Lucky. <laughs> Lucky is such a good song. It's track seven on her first album. <laughs> For Lucky number seven. That's how I always remembered it. <laughs> oh. So then you can just fast forward to Lucky. I always did. I always skipped right to number seven. And I knew all the words as a kid. We may be getting a little ahead of ourselves. We should <laughs> We should do our intro. We just are obsessed with Britney. Can you guess what we're going to be talking about today? Guys, we are back again for another episode of Crime on Tap. We welcome you back. And this week, Megan, what are we talking about? If, if you didn't already <laughs> get a gist of who we were talking about. <laughs> yes, we are talking about the Hulu New York Times present documentary framing Britney. Yes, the iconic Miss Spears. And all of the trials that she's gone through, the conspiracies that she's been involved in and currently is involved in. We're going to be dissecting <laughs> it and talking about it today. I honestly thought this documentary was really not, like really good. It really framed the coming of age of Britney. And I think they do a really good job of talking about events that we all already know. You know, the umbrella incident the shaving incident, all of that, but putting a new lens on it mm-hmm. and kind of looking at it from Britney's angle more or people that love and were close to Britney rather than yep. how the tabloids made us think about it. It makes me think of the Taylor Swift song, another <laughs> another strong female artist. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Alexa is loving this shout out. Yes. Mad <laughs> Woman. It, it, Mad Woman is the song and one of the lines is, no one likes a mad woman, but you made her like that. The tabloids turned her, made her crazy, and then we hate her for being crazy. How's that <laughs> it's, fair? It's true. <laughs> so if you guys are new to Crime on Tap, in our name we have the word tap, which is referencing to drinking, anything, <laughs> water, alcohol, coffee. So today, Megan, what are you drinking during our Britney Spears podcast? Well, since I was rudely demanded to go to work early by the morning worker because she <laughs> she's sick, um, I only have. Can you tell I'm a little annoyed? <laughs> a little bit. I just am having coffee today to to fuel my anger to get me through the day. <laughs> no, I can understand that. Well, I'm also drinking coffee today, so sorry, guys. You're not getting any. Any special cocktail recipes? It's early for us. This was the only time this week we had to record, so mm-hmm. we're drinking our coffee this morning. 
Yes. And hey, it gets me very energized. So it pretty much does the same thing, really. Yeah. Alrighty, Megan. So if you have nothing left to say, why not we get started with the podcast? Let's get right into it. Okay. So how about we start with a little bit of a background of Brittany. Let's paint her as the small town girl, which on every single podcast we do, it's Mm -hmm. always the small town people that are causing the problems. (laughs) Yes, that is definitely a theme. (laughs) In the beginning of the documentary, they do the same thing. They start off by showing that Brittany was a small town girl from Kentwood, Louisiana. Kentwood, as they reference, was in the Bible Belt of the United States. Or in the area of the Midwest. I don't even know. I honestly don't know where the Bible Belt is. But Brittany was in it. (laughs) Do you know where the state of Louisiana is? It's somewhere in the middle, I think. No, it's not. (laughs) It it is like down, down. It is right on the edge. Of what? Of like the state or the country. (laughs) Oh, is it by like Georgia and like Texas? It's the one that looks like a boot. Okay, I can visualize it. That little thing hanging, that little dingly thing. <laughs> okay. So it's not in the Midwest, you're saying? No, it's down, <laughs> down it's deep south, as they say. It's okay. deep south. <laughs> okay. I didn't do my geography. Ignore everything I said. <laughs> you can tell we're not Southern. <laughs> and also we're... did not do well in geography. <laughs> I really did it. Okay, so ignore everything I said. Brittany, small town girl, Louisiana, Kentwood. She went to church, um, she was just in the small town living. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she was in the choir, the church mm-hmm. choir. She was in her choir. And everybody in town, her parents, everybody knew that Brittany, she had a gift. She could sing. Definitely. And so her <laughs> um, her parents were, Kentwood was kind of a, you know, a more impoverished area. So her parents didn't have a lot of money. And so they really banded together and sacrificed a lot to mm-hmm. start to get Brittany a career. For the parents, Jamie Spears, her dad, he was more concerned about the financial issues. How are we going to afford this? What are we going to do? He knew his daughter was talented, but it was just an issue or a matter of how are we going to afford to get her into these agencies, get her known, get her in front of people to get this moving, you know? Whereas Lynn Spears, her mother, was, she didn't care if she had to eat dog food for dinner. She wanted to get her daughter the best, the best of the best for her. Because she knew that she could have a lifetime career singing on stages in front of thousands of people. And um, and she was in talent shows and stuff. And I think it was Searching for the Stars. Do you remember that show? Yes, I think that's what it was. She Yeah, they showed a very interesting clip that I feel like kind of begins to hint at what Britney really mm-hmm. had to put up with. Um, and that was in 1992. Right. And I think she's like, I don't know. She's like, what? She looks about six years old, six or seven mm-hmm. years old or something. And they show, she's singing a hymn, I think, or a Jesus <laughs> song. And I mean, she's belting it. It's gorgeous. It's like, how is this big voice coming out of this little girl? Mm-hmm. And so this old man and i'm not just he's old because he's got gray hair he old i was gonna man. bring this up too <laughs> yeah well because it pissed me off mm-hmm. and um he asked this little six-year-old girl she, he didn't say oh my god your voice incredible it's moving he was like do you have a boyfriend and she <laughs> said boys are mean 
And the old man says, well, I'm not mean. <laughs> like, are you trying to get with the six-year-old? And she's clearly uncomfortable and just, like, kind of, like, laughs. But, like, mm-hmm. that's the beginning of how Brittany's really treated. She's a piece of meat. Yeah. Like, she's a super talented, down-to-earth, smart woman. Well, girl, in this case. And it's just, do you got a boyfriend? <laughs> Licking his lips. <laughs> like, so nasty. <laughs> I yeah I mean you said it perfectly that's just like the beginning of how these men are going to be treating Britney through the years and it all starts when she's a young girl that happened today oh he would be canceled you know oh yeah so we see her through the documentary doing all these shows doing all these um talent shows and everything and then we see that Lynn Spears is aggressively pushing her into this agency in New York where this agency would take her in basically and give her acting lessons they'll give her singing lessons and they would push her into auditions to getting tv roles um potentially getting on to shows like the mickey mouse clubhouse and they said she nailed the audition and she was so happy she loved it and she was devastated when it ended but they Mm -hmm. didn't have enough money to keep pursuing stuff so she said she went home and for two years she lived a normal life yeah she Um, went back to high school she was on the basketball team i can't even imagine you're on the mickey mouse club and then you just go home back to high school like nothing happened i know well she didn't have a choice and i think it's important that we mention felicia culada (laughs) is that how you pronounce it i don't i just know felicia I I just put FC, <laughs> our friend FC. Yep. Felicia um, was like a family friend and she was really close with Brittany. And after a few years of her living her normal life for two years, they started back up again. And Lynn had Jamie Lynn Spears, who was only in second grade, so she couldn't travel with Brittany. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned that Jamie, the father's an alcoholic and he's not really at part of Britney's life at all. Yeah. And he had a few um, businesses go bankrupt. He was just not living his best life. And so like Felicia was kind of like her chaperone and guardian and looked out for her. And mm-hmm. there's like this super cute picture of them on a train. Like they're going from London to Paris or something. And they just look like they're having the time of their lives. They look really close and loving, good relationship. And they're just so like down to earth and excited. And it's just, that picture just like really reminded me of like Britney's a real person. Yeah. You know, that was just like such a moving picture. I don't, I don't know why, but I was just so touched by that picture of the, mm-hmm. of the two of them. So a little backstory on where Felicia came from. Felicia was the family friend. She used to be a nanny that worked in New York. And in 1997, this was like a few years after Mickey Mouse Club, Britney released her first album and her first hit song hit me baby one more time and once all that was getting released she got a record deal so lynn spears contacted felicia the family friend and was like hey i'm busy like what megan said with jamie lynn spears like raising this child (laughs) can you please take Brittany and travel with her you travel with her because she just got this record deal so can you just can we trust you to be with her and we'll hire you as like assistant that's what they called her yeah like you're saying you just see felicia and Brittany. These, like, two, like, down-to-earth, like, southern, not midwestern, just, like, living in... Oh, you see, like, you see Brittany going to, like, malls, little shopping areas, 
performing her her first album and you see like very small crowds you don't see like anybody there and that's just how britney was getting her start you know she was doing everything and anything she could to get some notoriety and mall tours in the 90s and like early 2000s were huge mm-hmm. like now malls pretty much don't even exist i feel like they were huge back then and really was how those people started their careers yeah. and felicia said slowly she started noticing that people were seeking britney out finding her at these malls it wasn't just like oh we're walking by we're gonna see what what this gal singing or whatever yeah um and that really started to jumpstart her. You know, I think it's also important to mention around this time, the documentary talks about it a lot too. And a lot of the people being interviewed talk about it, that um, Jamie Spears, her father, was not really involved with her life. He was not mm-hmm. really involved with any of the decisions that she was doing. He wasn't helping her any. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't doing anything. And one of the interviewers said it best. And she said that, she only talked to Lynn Spears. She never talked to Jamie. And one of the things that Jamie said, my daughter is going to be so famous, she's going to buy me a boat. <laughs> yep. And she's, and it was like her, it was a woman that was part of Britney's marketing team. She's like, that's the only thing he had ever said to me. And mm-hmm. she was like, I'll let you decide for yourself what that, what that means. <laughs> yeah. That, that's all I have to say about Jamie. Oh, and like we were mentioning, Britney's come up was in the late 90s. And this was the time when boy bands were like a thing where NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, you know, like all the girls were like swooning over these boy bands. And here's Britney still coming up and gaining all this attention during a time when it was about the boy bands. They have a music critic that talks a lot about her. And he was saying how she was a phenomenon because it was the time of boy bands, but she was coming up in the ranks despite that. And mm-hmm. she was very sexual, which was completely new of pop stars, mm-hmm. especially female pop stars, you know, wearing her little schoolgirl outfit and hit me baby one more time. You know, her fan base of like 13, 14, 15 year old girls and everything really idolized that because she was sexy and attractive but she also had control over herself she had control of her body it was her choice she wasn't yes. being forced into this everything was her decision and so that was really an attractive part of her and that's we start seeing that in the early 2000s where britney is giving off this persona like when she talks she sounds so innocent and like she could do no wrong no harm to anybody but the way she's dressing is just so out there Like, she's being scandalous. She's showing skin. And this is where we're seeing a lot of, like, the male hosts and a lot of interviewers that she's doing just asking such personal and, like, rude questions, saying, like, mothers hate you because our their daughters want to be just like you. And it's being becoming very difficult for them to raise their children when they're aspiring to be someone like you who's dressing the way that they want and maybe a little too sexy for them well and they even one interview said that the wife of the maryland governor at the time said that she wanted to kill britney she literally wanted to murder this girl and (laughs) britney's clearly like oh my god what a horrible thing to say you know i'm not here to raise your kids like that's that's your job to do yeah (laughs) and 
and everything. And I think that still holds true for today. Like I hear all the time parents are mad at, oh, how could this video be on YouTube? How could this be allowed to be on Netflix? And it's like, well, Netflix and YouTube aren't babysitters. Yeah. Sorry you're not being a good parent. Like I've heard that so much. I feel like it's even more nowadays with like influencers and Mm -hmm. streamers and YouTubers and all of that where parents – forget that it's not pbs anymore (laughs) you don't have cable and it's just pbs like you you gotta hold you gotta raise your kids (laughs) and i think that's something that comes with being a parent you gotta learn to adjust not only to your kids but like the outside factors that could be influencing your children i mean i think it's important to be like on top of those things and not sitting in church and thinking that everything's going to be the same every single day let's get into okay i wanted to just mention this thing that no one ever talks about this side of Brittany, but um, Felicia said their first Christmas home after she got really famous. Oh, yes. Where we had talked about that Kentwood was kind of an impoverished area. Mm-hmm. She just drove around handing out $100 bills to everybody in her town. Yep. And, it's and it, just wasn't like, about, it wasn't about like, hi, I'm Brittany Spears. Here's $100. It was more of a, hi, here's $100. Merry Christmas. Right. And I just thought that was so nice. And like, why don't we hear about that side of Britney? Because they're framing Britney. What a great title. Right? It really makes (laughs) sense. (laughs) So moving along, we get visuals and sound bites of where they're showing Britney on tour in her everyday life, in interviews, saying that she has a lot of control about everything that she does. She says she's not just some little girl who's letting her manager make all her decisions. She's in control. She knows what deals are being made, wants her tours to be the way that she wants them. And there's a clip that, that shows her like on stage in like mm-hmm. saying like that rehearsal? she's, yeah, like rehearsal. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> saying that like, she's not a diva. She just knows what she wants. And mm-hmm. it just, it, I mean, there's little old clips of her saying that she's in control of her life. She knows what's going on. She understands what's happening every single day of her life, you know? And there's this clip of her, who's like her choreographer from like, what is it? 90, 1999, 2004 or something. And he was like, the only reason I got the job is because I was a dancer. She looked at me. I was like, I want him to do it instead. And I got the job. <laughs> like she was in control. She was in complete control. And I love that guy. He that's like the only part he's in, but he's just like still baffled that he yeah. was her choreographer for five years. <laughs> I think it was just because he did what she was saying and he was she was probably like, he's listening to me, so put him in control. Um, I think this is a big downfall, like where it really begins. Not with just like the tabloids and the paparazzi, but with Justin timberlake i think he is the beginning of the end of britney and he was putting her in a position to look like a slut look like uh she was the problem and to make her look crazy Mm -hmm. and i feel like nowadays guys are still doing this like i feel like the rolling stone articles are a big perpetrator of this like i remember i think it was john mayer Again, talking about Taylor Swift, or who was it? Or maybe it was Jennifer Love Hewitt. I don't remember, but he was talking very inappropriately and sexually about these girls that he'd been with. So this is still happening today, but I feel like this is probably the start of it. I mean, yeah, definitely. It still happens today. But back in that time, back in the early 2000s, the magazines and the tabloids and the paparazzi really controlled the media. They controlled everyone's opinion about about these celebrities. 
and like they mentioned in the documentary they were saying how we don't have royalty here like we don't have kings and queens we have celebrities <laughs> being couples mm-hmm. and that's all we have to talk about right and um and i think also something that the music critic mentioned which i thought was really interesting was like she was getting popular in the time of the clinton lewinsky scandal and yes. so he was like we're talking about sex in a way that we've never talked about in this country before and that carried mm-hmm. on to britney like there's this very uncomfortable disgusting in my opinion clip of jay leno saying yes. you know talking about the scandal and he's saying you want the pretty girl to take you home to or he was like do you want the pretty girl that you take home to mom or the cheap slut that puts out everyone wants a monica i everyone's gonna choose that cheap slut i not to be like snooty but i kind of like more highbrow humor and so i don't <laughs> even understand how that's funny like that's like I, not funny at all yeah i listened to that and i was like don't even find that funny I was just more uncomfortable than anything. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, like, they're painting Monica as this slut. Where, you know, Bill Clinton had equally the amount of issues that Monica had. But was, but he, you know, he was he was the man. Oh, yeah. man, he got that younger woman. He was doing all crazy, nasty stuff with her. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah, the same thing with Justin Timberlake. He was painting Britney as the one who cheated on him. As she did... They don't even say there's not even anything proving that Brittany did anything in their relationship to cause it to end. Mm -hmm. He just he painted her in this bad light. And you see these interviews with Justin asking if he fucked Brittany like they're just asking him. Oh, did you fuck her? Like, oh, did you get it in? And he's just like, yeah, I fucked her. I know. Well, and the thing is, is that like part of her persona was that she, you know, was the christian girl she's waiting till marriage mm-hmm. you know she her goal in life or her big ins- uh, aspiration was to have a mo- to be a mother and have a family and everything and so it really just spit in her face of ruining that that part of her that she seemed to genuinely hold dear it really launched his career he used he literally stepped on her used her as a stepping stone to get bigger Yep. And, you know, launch his solo career, essentially. Mm-hmm. And everyone said that it was framed like he was the, you know, the school quarterback and she was the school slut and everyone hated her and he was a hero. And, and that's what I was saying. It's like it was pinning her as this, you know, terrible person, this slut. And I think it's the first time we like start seeing this kind of behavior from the tabloids and, you know, trying to paint these women in such a bad light and also jt can release crimea river oh yeah and the music critic said that um the crimea river video was like the ultimate male revenge fantasy yeah which i thought was interesting it makes me want to i i haven't rewatched it. it makes me want to rewatch it with that lens so after justin timberlake she meets uh kevin federline or k-fed and it's a very quick engagement in marriage yes um <laughs> that's it and k- i feel like k-fed was a nobody even when she married him but he's yeah. even more of a nobody now <laughs> um but yeah she meets kevin she has her first baby with kevin which his name is sean <laughs> spelled and, um, incorrectly <laughs> spelled incorrectly and this is where we start seeing how literally insane the paparazzi was you have to understand back in this time the money that was coming from a single photo of britney spears with her baby could go for over a million dollars and 
the money that was in the paparazzi was ridiculous. It was insane. And we start seeing these clips in the documentary of Britney Spears being literally ambushed by the paparazzi. She literally cannot have any privacy. You, we see her out at dinner sitting at a table and there's paparazzi all around her taking photos of her flashing their cameras and it's like she can't even eat dinner in peace the paparazzi is just swarming her constantly and it gets to the point where she like can't even walk because they're surrounded like she can't even walk from one place to the other because they're just surrounding her it's like yeah uh yeah that would be very irritating i would probably go crazy (laughs) and we see like we see clips of some of the paparazzi that were on the documentary saying that in the beginning it was great like Brittany loved it she needed us as much as we needed her meaning she needed the paparazzi to photograph her so her name could get out there more so she'd become a bigger celebrity and then also those shots of her were giving the paparazzi money so it was like a win-win for both of them it was coming to a point where it was becoming way too crazy for Brittany. And I mean, understandably, you can see these visuals. Nobody can live like this and live their life. No, I and one of the paparazzi guys they talk about that talks is Danny Ramos, um, who I hate. (laughs) Just putting that out there. And he'll come into play in a second. But he's talking about how um, the picture of her with the baby driving in her lap, mm-hmm. how everyone was saying she was an unfit mother. And then there's also a picture of her tripping with the baby in her hands. And I'm thinking, I'm sorry, can a woman not trip yep. and accidentally trip? Like the baby's fine. <laughs> well, this is and- where again, we start seeing the tabloids trying to push and paint their narrative of Brittany as being an unfit mother. This is also, we see this around the time where Brittany and Kevin Federline, K-Fed, start having issues in their marriage. Now the media is starting this portrayal of Brittany as a bad mom. And she goes on an interview. Um, she's pregnant again, talking with Matt Lauer about how, you know, to explain Which the baby. Which another gem. Oh, yeah. Matt, yeah, Matt Lauer. Yeah. <laughs> Lo and behold, what, 10 years later, um, saying how, you know, the ba- her baby was crying because the paparazzi were banging on the windows mm-hmm. like you know she wanted to protect her baby and she was like she's like down south in Cantwood you know <laughs> we all drive with our babies in our laps <laughs> and it's like you know what she's kind of got a point there yeah so the south has different rules but just because she's so much in the public eye things that you know normal families do she can't get away with she can't do mm-hmm. i'm not advocating for people to drive with babies in their laps i just want to say that and we see her multiple times saying she's scared she's scared like get out of her way they're like literally huddling around her and mm-hmm. like you know in her face and she's got the baby in her arms it's you know she wants to get out of the situation that's why the baby was sitting on her lap when she was driving <laughs> and there's this one clip of her and a friend they're walking somewhere and the paparazzi are following them and they're getting crazy and they start freaking bra- brawling yes to get pictures and that's when she's like i'm scared i'm scared i'm scared and like um they run into the place and i'm thinking oh my god like why would she have to put up with this that's yeah. just terrible but we see that Brittany and kevin divorce 
and the divorce came two weeks after uh, she had her second child. And we see that her mother believes that she was going through postpartum depression and mm-hmm. was one of the reasons as to why they got a divorce. Brittany's moment, not her best moment, in 2007, <laughs> mm-hmm. when she was going through uh, legal battles to gain custody, primary custody of her kids, where also Kevin was fighting for primary custody of the kids. Oh, yes. <gasps> it is... Um... So she went to the salon and she asked the person, shave my head, and they refused to do it. So she's like, okay. So she grabbed the clippers and did it herself. Mm-hmm. And there are pictures of her through the window and she's like smiling. Yeah. It's like she's freeing herself. And her statement was, I'm sick of people touching me. I'm sick of people looking at me. She's clearly broken. She's like, you destroyed who I was. Yeah. And like that innocent girl I was 10 years ago, she's gone. And you ruined her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of understand where she's coming from. Like, I just know from doing research and my past job that survivors of abuse, especially sexual abuse, they will do things to make themselves look undesirable because they don't want any more attention. It's like a protection Mm -hmm. for themselves. And I see that in Brittany. That's her way of becoming, quote, unattractive so that she can protect herself and get away from that and it's just so sad to see it is so sad because it had the adverse effect (laughs) i know yeah it just made people more vultures watching her what she was gonna do next and there's so many clips there's a clip of perez hilton where it's like i'm happy she's going crazy i'm happy she's like this because it only helps me more but yeah we start seeing britney uh kind of losing it you know she's not at her best And then, uh, I mean, while she's going through these moments where she's shaving her head, next we'll get into the umbrella scene, but -hmm. she's also still going through the court battles to custody of her kids. And when the judge starts seeing why you're going in the salon and starting to shave your head by yourself and you want custody of these two kids, are you fit to have these children? You know, it's just not a good picture to be painting when you're going through legal battles. You can't be doing this when you're trying to get custody of your kids. <laughs> right. You got to be on your best behavior. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we see a little time after we see from that interviewing with the paparazzi, whatever his name was. Uh, he's a villain, by the way. Yes. We see that he got word that Brittany was going to be going to see K-Fed at his mansion to go visit her children. Because she still had visitation rights at the time. K-Fed wouldn't open up the gate to let her go see the children. This one paparazzi is still following around. And they follow her around to the back (laughs) behind a Jiffy Lube. (laughs) (laughs) Out of all places, a Jiffy Lube. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this is where we see the umbrella scene. Where they are antagonizing Brittany and asking her questions. And this is moments after she was just declined from seeing her children. They say many times that her children are everything. Like we mentioned before, her goal in life was to be a mother. She would do anything for her kids. She loved them so much. And so this was really devastating for her. Danny Ramos is saying, oh, Brittany, I'll just ask you a few questions and then I'll leave you alone. Like he's so courteous and kind. Oh my God, I hate him. And... (laughs) She's with her cousin. The cousin's in the car, like, on the verge of tears, saying, please just leave us alone. Please, please. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't. And so Brittany gets out the car, grabs an umbrella, and beat Danny Ramos's car. <laughs> and 
it is absolutely what he deserves mm-hmm. in my mind <laughs> again she's going through court battles to gain custody of her kids Brittany, not your best timing <laughs> that is true and but... she does damage to the car there's like dents in the side parts of the window you know she did damage to this car with the umbrella she was hitting that thing hard it's probably years and years of pent-up anger at these people. <laughs> yeah. And... But it's, oh my God, I I have to say, like, living through that time and really, I only remember the photos. Seeing the mm-hmm. video, like, the raw video footage, I'm like, oh my God, this is what actually happened. I know. Like, it is interesting because I remember all of this stuff happening. And I was kind of like, yeah, I know, I know. But they really put a different spin on it, which mm-hmm. keeps it interesting. And now that and... I think about it, back in the day... I was like, oh, yeah, Brittany's just crazy. Like, she's just going through something. Like, that's just who she is. Like, she's just this crazy bitch. And I I never even had any thought of to look into why she's going crazy. Yeah, it's because that's what we were trained to think by the paparazzi <laughs> yep. and the tabloids. So the interviewer says to Danny Ramos when she goes, well, were you ever thinking, you know, maybe I should leave her alone? And... <laughs> He was like, uh, she never said that. <laughs> and she was like, well, what about all those times we have where she says, leave me alone? <laughs> and he's like, well, she said just for the day. Yeah, not forever. And it's, and it's like how the mental gymnastics of this man so that he doesn't feel responsible for yes. the way he treated her is just like, you're scum. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I mean, he, I mean, he did say though. He he admitted to being like, once you get in that zone, in that point where it's like one photo of Britney Spears gets you a million dollars, you lose sight of like how they're acting or what they're feeling or the emotions that like they're giving off to like how the paparazzi is like ambushing them. You know, he was like, we just lost all sense of like humanity when it came to getting a photo. In October of 2007, she loses custody of her kids yeah. to K-Fed but has visitations rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really in a dark place. She's estranged from her family, fired her long-term or fired her long-time manager and was really just looking for a friend. She was really lonely. She needed companionship and just anyone who would give her the time of day, you know, would be her best friend. And I mean, for her, it's like she couldn't really trust anybody either because they mentioned where there was so much money to be made off Britney Spears because of her suffering so mm-hmm. she had to be so careful befriending anybody because are they just going to try to make money off her for the way that she's acting i'm so sad and lonely Brittany. <laughs> i want to hug you Brittany. in 2008 she is in and out of mental facilities she's having a lot of mental health checks she is just not doing good and a lot of this we don't even get to see the official me- the medical records i mean that's a violation of HIPAA laws. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be seeing that stuff, but it's like, she's clearly going through something and she's not able to really make decisions for herself. So this is when we start getting into talks of, in 2008 of the beginning of her conservatorship. And when her father, Jamie Spears starts stepping in and becoming a bigger part of her life. One of the big tipping off points is that, um, one time during a visitation, she barricaded her and her kids in her mansion and refused to give them back to KFED. <laughs> so there were helicopters above her mansion and, you know, it was this whole big thing. And she was 
for some unknown reason, rushed to the hospital and Mm -hmm. she voluntarily admitted herself for, you know, psychological evaluation and lost all rights to see her kids, even visitation rights. Yep. Which we can imagine how crushing was for her because of how important her kids were to her. Yeah. I mean, this is just all a result of everything we just talked about. You know, she's she's literally losing everything that she has ever worked for or ever had just because she was being herself, dressing herself. The tabloids and the paparazzi have literally ruined her to this point. Mm-hmm. Not long after the the barricade episode on January 3rd, 2008, January 31st, she's back in the hospital for her mental health. And so this is when the conservatorship begins. People were saying how unusual it is to have a conservatorship at her age because she's productive and young. It's usually like for old people that have dementia and like stuff like that. And so there's kind of two types of conservatorships and Jamie has both of them. Um, the basic one is where you need help with basic living needs, like eating, brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. um, just taking care of yourself, making decisions, making, you know, sound decisions. And then the other is financial conservatorship, was conservatorship over the estate, which mm-hmm. is where are at risk of not being able to manage your finances responsibly or are susceptible to undue influence and fraud. So like, think of like um, a scam call that your grandma picks up and they're like, we need $5,000 because your grandson's in jail. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yep, mm -hmm, all right, I'll send it (laughs) over now. That kind of, (laughs) that kind of undue influence and fraud is kind of what they're talking about, I think. Or like working for a pyramid scheme like Thrive. Oh my god, yes. Name drop Thrive. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Jamie, he recognized his daughter needed help. I don't think this was the best <laughs> decision. But also, I feel like Jamie had ulterior motives her entire life. So I'm really mm-hmm. not shocked that he got lawyered up and um, he fought to have ownership over Britney Spears's person and also Britney Spears's estate. He had ownership of everything of Britney Spears. And this also included like record deals, forcing her to make music, forcing her to take, to do tours. Um, he had full control of any activity that came to Britney Spears. And I feel like we've definitely set up that he was never a part of her life really. And all he cared about was the money. And so yeah. for him to all of a sudden be like, Oh, I love my daughter. How convenient. How convenient. Oh, and so the conservatorship is granted the day she leaves the hospital. And so her dad is conservator over her person and estate. There's also a lawyer, Andrew Wallet, who is like Jamie's dude. And mm-hmm. he's like the co-conservator of her financial stuff. Yep. And so Which, after why? She- like, why this random man? Not even in the family, you know? See, I thought in the beginning they were setting up that Felicia... Is was going to be like her new conservator or like someone that yeah. she wasn't. Re- that wasn't really what was happening. Felicia would have been the perfect, perfect option. Yeah, like she kind of was when you know Brittany was young and yeah. they were really close. Like 
Makes sense to me. But no, Jamie need that queen. So the second she's out of the hospital, she goes to the Beverly Hills Hotel. And of course, there's paparazzi following her. And they're like, what is going on? What is she doing? She's crazy still. And yeah. it turns out that she was meeting a lawyer that she hired, Andrew Streisand, not to be confused with Barbara Streisand. <laughs> And he wanted to make sure that she was of sound mind to be able to hire a counselor. She said to him, you know, I know I cannot escape this conservatorship. I just am asking you to help me not let it be my father. He, After talking to her, he decided, you know, she knows what she wants. She understands the situation. I feel like she's sound of sound mind to hire me. So let's, let's do it. And mm-hmm. so he tries to go to, he goes to court for her and, you know, starts to work on the case and he's given this mysterious document by the judge that these mysterious medical records show that she is not able to obtain legal counsel on her own. And so the judge appoints her someone else. And Andrew Streisand is like, I don't think they made the right decision. Yeah, And he's like, I can't speak to what's in those documents, but something's fishy, essentially. Yeah. And he even mentions, like, to this day, he still has no idea what's in those documents. So it's like, (laughs) what is actually going on here? Like, nobody has any idea. But, I mean, yeah, from what you're saying, we do see that Brittany understands what's happening. She has a sound mind. She is able to verbally say that she does not want her father to be her conservator. You know, how much clearer can she say that? Right. And still, we see that Jamie gains control over, over Brittany's life. What's in those medical records that we are not seeing that prove that Brittany needs her father in order to survive? And no one still to this day knows what's in that mysterious report. So I say mm-hmm. conspiracy. So within the first year, Jamie's in control. And they make a deal with MTV. It's called Britney on the Record. You know, like every early 2000s MTV show. The Life of Britney Spears, which I don't think I've ever seen it. Have you seen it? No, I'd never heard of it. wonder if it ever got released. So within the first year, she had this deal, which pretty much we can assume came from Jamie. Like, he set this up. And we start seeing Britney doing a little bit better in her life. And we get a clip from this MTV show that was filmed of Britney's the only time she has ever spoke about the conservatorship and we see her talking and she is mentioning everybody can hear me but no one's listening to me how she feels trapped and how it makes her want to cry and how she feels so sad about everything that's going on with this conservatorship and again she never mentions the conservatorship but in this clip she is definitely referencing the control that she's under right now and she's just sad and lonely and and the only good thing that comes from this for her is that she gets more visitation she gets her visitation rights back and i think that was probably one of her main reasons for agreeing or kind of not fighting it as much was that she knew that she'd be able to see her kids again yeah well i bet in court jamie's lawyers were like if you let us take control of your life we'll talk to KFED and give you more visitation rights with your kids when she's at such a vulnerable when she's in such a vulnerable like mental space and her kids are her entire life then she's going to take the deal you know Mm -hmm. without really knowing the long-term effects of this conservatorship right and it's very very long (laughs) yeah I mean forever through the years that same year 
we see uh, Britney releasing a new album, which was it Circus. So we see her releasing a new album. She's making new music. She's on a new tour. Um, we see she's back on TV shows. She's doing guest appearances. She's on the X Factor show, which I watched that season. I remember that. And she was so too. honest. She was so honest in every, like, she was like the Simon Cowell, basically. She then uh, gets a residency in Las Vegas, which was one of the biggest residencies, um, where she was getting $310,000 per show. She was making a million dollars a week. Um, it really seemed like Britney was back on track in her life. And can we say that her father was a, a part in this? Maybe. But we don't like him, so we're going to say it was all Britney. Yes. And... <laughs> I think it's important to mention that Jamie got 1.5% of her revenue for her residency in Vegas, which is like the biggest residency of all time or something yep. or second or like it's, it's up there. So 1.5% was a lot. It was still a lot. Yeah. And when, when she was making this much money just for being herself, um, you have to question the intentions of the people that were around her, you know, mm -hmm. were they, were they around her because they wanted to see Brittany get better or were they around her because they knew they had control over her and there was a lot of money to be made. And we know that Jamie was about the money. Mm -hmm. All about the money, money, money. <laughs> there was a pop star reporter named Joe something who was saying that she's living the life of a busy, successful pop star. But then we're constantly being told that she's at risk and it just doesn't make sense. Like how can yeah. someone who's so productive knows what's, you know, mindful knows what's going on be right for us to being told that she needs somebody to take care of her mm -hmm. it, it just doesn't add up exactly and again she's so young and she knows what's going on is most of the time these conservatorships are for old people who don't know what's going on and they need other people to make the decisions for them mm -hmm. Brittany clearly is understanding of what's happening so we kind of switch gears into how modern day kind of tabloid paparazzi works is that it's no longer the tabloids they're kind of coming out paparazzi not so important anymore now it's like social media and so the celebrities themselves are now deciding what gets to be seen gets to decide what their image and story is and so there's a lot of cute videos and pictures of her with her kids and everything mm -hmm. and so this is when people started to get really intrigued by her posts, kind of reading into them being like, is she asking for help? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. They were, her Instagram was the main, her main platform of choice. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, where she would be posting these videos and these like memes and these captions, just very strange uh, messages she was giving out to people. And just how odd she was acting in these videos. And a lot of people were thinking that there was hidden messages in these videos that Britney was giving out. And we see that there was a podcast called Britney's Gram dedicated to just Britney Spears' Instagram. Right. And decoding her messages. Like they talk about there's this one picture of it's like a hole in a wall. And the caption says there's always a way out. Yep. And then a video of her saying, I'm a Sagittarius. I love freedom and independence. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what is she trying to say? It 
almost seems like she's being told what to say in these messages. She does make it known that she has full control and she is okay. And she sees the fans. This is this is just Brittany. And it's just like it almost is like she's like a robot. Uh, yeah, it's, like there's like it's not a hundred percent genuine. It's not a hundred percent her. October fifteenth of two thousand eighteen, Andrew, the co-conservator, um, he petitions for a raise for the court because of his conservatorship. Because his point is that because she's so busy, there's more to handle. His horrible thing is that he said the conservatorship should be seen as a hybrid business model. <laughs> and that's telling me that the conservatorship is not for her. It's for them. It's for the money. Like yep. in no, in no universe should taking care of a vulnerable person be considered a business model. And yep. that's effed up. I think they chose the worst wording they could use. <laughs> To get a raise in a conservatorship with Britney Spears. Saying that this was a hybrid business model. <laughs> like, that's just, that's snaky. Clearly, yeah, I mean, clearly that's saying it's about the money. Okay, so next we see in 2018, which I don't even remember this. Like, am I such a fake fan that I don't remember this ever happening? I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I get maybe it's because we're so far away from Vegas that we just don't we're yeah, just, like, we don't hear about this. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm never gonna go there. I'm never gonna get there. So <laughs> yeah, so it's not important to us. We see in 2018 these clips, and you can search it on YouTube of um, Britney Spears announcing her second residency at this new hotel or something. I don't even know how it works out there. But we see this this huge audience in these newscasters and these interviewers waiting for Britney to make this huge appearance to make this huge announcement to make her big performance on stage about this new residency she's going to be having in Las Vegas and everybody's waiting around for Britney and all of a sudden she pops up and there she is she's smiling she's waving she's announcing her big thing and all of a sudden she walks down the stairs she passes the stage where she's supposed to perform on. She walks through the, the crowd and then she's gone. And people are yep. like, uh, like we waited this entire time to see Brittany walk downstairs and leave. Like she doesn't say a single word. Yeah. And they're like interviewers. They thought they were going to be, she's going to be doing interviews. They thought there's going to be a performance. And she literally mm. walks and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and we see not too many months later, Brittany posts on her Instagram and her Twitter that she is not going to be performing. She is canceling the residency. She states that her her father is having some health issues and she just wants to spend time with her family. How odd is that? <laughs> and what's even crazier is that not long after that, co-conservator Andrew Wallace Wallet, whatever his name is, he quits too. So now Jamie is the sole person, personal and financial conservator. Yep. Which, I mean, it clearly is showing that Brittany was forced to go on that stage. She was forced to walk down the stairs. And that was probably her, get, like, getting back at them. Like, she's like, I'll go, but I'm not performing. I'm not doing anything. She didn't even look happy on the, sta mm -hmm. the stage she was on. So she knew exactly what was going to be happening with that residency. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, was, it was her rebellion, you know? Yep. It's like, I'm not going to dance for you like a puppet. <laughs> and that's why we see from this moment she had, she goes missing. She goes missing for many, many months later. 
and we don't see her until the next year, basically. And there's the hashtag, where's Brittany? <laughs> and her first post back was like, I needed some me time. Mm-hmm. Smiley and the people from the Britney's Graham podcast were like, she uses emojis. She would that is not her. She did not post that. <laughs> and then she checks herself into a mental hospital. This podcast is really interesting because they get an anonymous voicemail from a paralegal that was working. He no longer works there. That she had been in the hospital since mid January and it was not voluntary. And yep. so. They are the starters of hashtag free Britney. But we also see during that same time frame that Jamie Spears is having more health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this, he is then replaced. He is no longer the conservative of Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. And so the people start protesting and getting mad. And Jamie Spears is like, it's a conspiracy theory. I'm not abusing <laughs> Yeah. Because he was still controlling the estate and oh yeah and then Brittany and her father are no longer on good terms because she accused him of hurting her kids which mm-hmm. is actually then backed up by kfed because he files restraining orders against him saying he had a physical altercation with one of her sons or their too much sons. with her kids you're dead to her that is true she is a mama <laughs> bear her kids yep. are her life <laughs> um we also see in 2020 um, her brother does a podcast with somebody. I don't know who it is. I think it's just a random ass podcast. Mm-hmm. He he speaks on the conservatorship, which is another insight into this conservatorship that we don't have much info on. He said that she's been pretty sound in her decision making for many years. And she has stated many times that there has been no need for the conservatorship. She doesn't need her father controlling her. And she's always wanted to get out of the conservatorship. And we see this from her brother. Oh, and he also says an interesting thing that the interviewer calls him out on. He's like, as the only other guy in the family, you know, all of these women <laughs> in my family, they want they want things their way and they want to be in control of their own decisions. And the yeah. interviewer's like, well, isn't that their right as a person? And he's like, well, yeah, I guess. But like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> takes after, after his father. Yes, he wants to control the women. <laughs> and we also see during this time that Brittany... Well, so this is how it works. We see that Brittany is pushing a petition to get Jamie out of her life. She doesn't want Jamie in her life anymore. And the only way to break a conservatorship is for the conservator to sign a petition for their conservatee to end the conservatorship. So we see that Brittany wants rather a bank to be in charge of her estate instead of her father Mm -hmm. and they had vivian one of their like lawyer interviewees um saying how she's that's like her role as a lawyer's conservatorships and she's never seen it done Mm -hmm. and then we get a little interesting thing that says following this documentary she rejoined jamie spears legal team on the conservatorship i'm like you snake (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh she's just doing her job she's getting paid to do this so good for her oh well i was like you snake (laughs) (laughs) and what's also interesting in all these court battles and everything we see britney is paying for everything she's paying for her lawyer she's paying for um jamie because he owns the estate so he's getting paid from britney which that money is then going towards jamie's lawyers who are fighting against britney 
So it's like Britney is funding the fight against Britney. That's so messed up. It's so sad. And Jamie's lawyers are saying, there's no conflicts. Everything's cool. And then Britney's lawyer is like, yeah, no, there's huge conflicts. What are you talking about? This is going yeah. horribly. And I mean, that's what we're seeing. It's like Britney, we are seeing Britney's in full control of her life, perfectly sound and making her own decisions. She can say if she wants to sing. She can say if she wants to go on tour. You know, we see her fully functioning as a human. So why is she still under this conservatorship? Why are we seeing her still being controlled? Her lawyer calls her a high-functioning conservatee. And the lawyer, Andrew Streisand, is like, okay, there's no such thing. Then she doesn't need a conservatorship. If she's high-functioning conservatee, like, this makes no sense. Like, what's going yeah. on? That's kind of where we're at. We're, we're at the end. It's like the judges are not suspending Jamie from the conservatorship. They're still, I mean, in court battles working this out. But it's still, at the end of the day, we see Brittany living her best life. Okay, great. But we don't know what is actually happening. We don't know the medical records. We don't know if there's she's any has any identified mental issues. You know, we don't know exactly everything that's going on. So until it, we hear Brittany say, I have this issue and this is why I have a conservator, then it's like, okay, we understand Brittany. Like she is saying none of that. She's like, I'm okay. I don't need this anymore. Help me. <laughs> yes, literally. And she gets a small victory that the bank is granted co-conservator, but her father is still there too. So I'm sure there's going to be lots of fights between him and the bank down the road. Yeah. And we see all the protesters outside of the courtroom that are supporting Brittany. And they're talking about how she's changed their life and how she's made them feel okay to be different to be outsiders and to love yourself mm -hmm. and um in that we're here for you Brittany, and how much she's made an impact on people we see that Brittany hasn't really made a statement about the documentary but she does make a generalized caption on one of her instagrams saying how everybody has their own story you don't know the full story. If you're not living that person's life, you don't know exactly what's going on. And that's kind of all that we see she mentions about the documentary Framing of Britney Spears. Alrighty, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crime on Tap. We are 100% hashtag free Britney. So if you love this episode, if you love our podcast, um, please be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Crime on Tap Pod. And yeah, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. So we'll see you guys next time where, where crime, crime is always, always on, on tap. tap. <laughs> <laughs>